There's so much to cover tonight, so I want to dive right in. And just pick up where we were last night, and I'm not going to do much of a recap. And today, as I was meditating on what we learned last night, I, I wanted to share an extra piece of truth with you uh, yesterday, but I, I, I felt I, I didn't have the, the notes on it because I want to present that truth in its entirety and in its fullness. Our main text is 2 Corinthians 2, 1 to 11, and we're focusing mainly on the last verse there where it says, in order that Satan might not take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. And what we were showing yesterday, we did explain the context of the scripture about what Paul had written to the church in Corinth. And we extrapolated from that the principle that what Satan does oftentimes is to take advantage because we are ignorant of how he works. And he uses a tactic that's used in many places, and I use the example of boxing, as you know. I like to use that, that when you, when you fight an opponent who's stronger than you, bigger than you, you have to have a strategy and a plan because you can't match them at the level of their strength. You can't meet them pound for pound. They're too strong for you. So what you do is to find a way to, to defeat them but not try to square up with them. And so what you do, therefore, is to capitalize on their weaknesses. Because in any sport, they'll tell you, particularly the one-on-one -on -one sports where you play against an opponent, even, of course, group sports. If you look at teams, for instance, soccer teams, for instance, you'll find that it's a great team, but it has certain weaknesses about it. Or if you shut down a specific player, even if that team is a great team, then you, you're going to defeat them. Or if you just park a bus at the goalposts, then you won't be able to score. So wars, and I'm going to share that a bit today, wars are won on strategy. And what we are not great at as the church is to use strategy. I'm going to talk a lot tomorrow and Friday about the strategy for taking cities. I'm going to share things with you that will really, really open your eyes. And so Satan doesn't try to match us pound for pound because he's not match for us. But what he tries to do is to use our ignorance and take advantage of us. And Paul was explaining this to the Christians in Corinth that Satan shouldn't, one translation says, outwit us. It says, for we are not unaware of his schemes or we are not ignorant of his devices. And the problem is many people don't really understand Satan's schemes and plans and devices. As a result, they are taken advantage of. In other words, like one translation says, Satan can gain mastery over us. 
and he can deceive us. Because we are ignorant of his tricks, he outmaneuvers us, he outwits us. And so that word ignorant and the word devices, they are similar in their root words. The wording can read that we are without knowledge of his knowing schemes. You see, Satan studies patterns, knows your inclinations. He knows that when you start the year, you start in a certain way. He knows February, you sink into certain tendencies. He's been studying you for a long time. He knows when you are fasting for seven days that on the third day, he knows when you handle money, when you experience certain pressures, he understands that. And remember, not only does he understand you, he understands your, your, the lineage and the pattern in your family. And that's why you find families being caught in certain vicious circles and they can't break out of it. And that's why you will note that life follows a certain pattern. And oftentimes people seem to get tripped up in the same area. They just can't be free. Because Satan is a strategist. He understands that if he can make you angry, and how yet I saw, then he will do this. He knows that. He, he knows that. He knows that. He knows if I go for just a difficult day, fella, money-wise, he knows Uloyakomachonisa. He knows that. So he already knows and has studied us. And, and, and Paul says, don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant. One of the advantages, if I may, and I'm kind of getting off my notes here. Over the years, that was a great blessing for me as a young minister then, not now, <laughs> not young anymore, then, was to be around older ministers, you know, and sitting under their teaching. And one of the greatest teachings that really impacted me is when they talked about what will help you to have longevity in the ministry. And they would tell the stories of other people who were in the ministry and what caused them to end up falling. And those were good lessons for me because it was still early in my life. So what you do when you're a strategist, you don't wait for crisis. No, no. You plan ahead. You become preemptive and not reactive. The many of God's children, they are always fixing the damage. And we wait for Satan to attack us instead of attacking him before he can think about attacking us. I was listening to someone on Abu Wahore. The kingdom of darkness is mostly working and when these people who are in these evil things, they have meetings at different times of the year and their most active months is October and December. And you'll, you'll see it if you watch the news, but they meet as groups of witches, warlocks, and spiritists, and all kinds of things, and they have meetings all over around October. And then December, when they know we're in a jolly mood, you know, and in a holiday mood, and people stop praying, they stop going to church in December, they let down their guard, that's the time they're going to face the taste their first wine, 
That's the time that, and we let our guard down. In December, we just let our guard down. And that's when they work. That's when they work. And so by the time you start the new year, you already have been so affected that you can't just get traction in the new year. And you carry baggage with you from the year before because you, you, you entered into things you shouldn't have done. Yeah. 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 Why do we start our prayer at January? There's a reason for it. For me, it's a strategic, intentional thing. I know why. No, But I, I understand if we start the year this way and deal with things, it sets the tone for the things that are to follow. And that's the principle of first fruit. That the first of the rest determines the destiny of the rest. Oh, yeah. So, so I want to come back to the point. So we, 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 we don't become intentional because we don't understand strategy. So even if we are powerful and strong, even if we are born again and we have authority and power, we are mostly neutralized. Because the enemy sometimes gets us to violate our own principles and open a legitimate door for him. Underline the word legitimate. In other words, we give them the right. It's almost like when you break a contract and then they penalize you. So you've allowed them to penalize you. So you gave them leeway by doing certain things. And this is what we called yesterday demonic entry points. I don't, I don't want that to throw you. When I call them demonic entry points, I'm not saying that you get demon possessed, but I'm saying these are doors that allow for satanic power to become operational in our lives and to neutralize us. See, because we are ignorant of the, the way Satan works. And, and, and I must be honest, Barcelona, if you read the Bible, you, I'm not saying you must go lower, no. If, you read, if we just read the Bible and do what God has said, there's enough in God's word that, that is helpful. But I'm having a better understanding now. What are those doors that we talked about yesterday? Covenants. Covenants that people cut, you know? And sometimes we do stuff and cut covenants and we think covenants don't matter. You see? All kinds of covenants. People speak words over themselves. They agree to things. They sign things. They allow things to be put on them, smeared on them, tied on them. And it's all covenants that get cut. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it that the Bible says don't be unequally yoked? Why is it that you need to marry someone who's born again? And I know many of you are Luanza. It's almost like we're being personal with people. We're not being personal. All we're trying to do is to follow scripture. That's all we're trying to do. Why does the Bible say don't be unequally yoked? Why should an, a, 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 an un, a believer not marry an unbeliever? Now, it's one thing if you, before Lepulus, you Lila Graba, now that's a different story that can be discussed another day. But Kimona, you don't have, you, there's nothing that ties you to this person. Yeah. 
Basalana, let me tell you, you will never know the things that people have done in secret. Listen, listen, listen. You, you will never know the covenants people have cut, things they've done in secret, they are, what their belief system is based on. You will never know. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You don't even know we Totsakai. You don't even know how he got it. You don't even know. Nothing you don't know. Yeah. But you see, people just say, ah, no, Zolunga, Yautla Puluswa. And that's how light we become. And then you get into covenant, and then things become worse. And then Mutual Larimas and Kulunkulunkutla, Mudima Hutra Nicks. You didn't listen to God. No. So covenants that people cut, things that people give us, words we speak. And you know, one minister said something that really struck me. And I never saw it this way. He said, one of the ways Satan infiltrates our lives and gets us to participate in these things is to normalize uh, certain things or make them to become cultural. They are part of the pop culture. You know, so, 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 in terms of things, the body trends, you know, like today, everybody wearing all Kenya tattoo, everywhere, everything, the what, what, the designing, everybody. People have never asked. Because it looks good when your whole body from here to quality, it looks good. Many of you have never asked. You don't even know where that comes from. You don't know. You, you don't know because this person is going to work with your blood. You don't know who they are. You don't know what God they believe in. You don't know. You don't even know Ntotsabadi Kenyang in your body. You don't know what they are. Marodoti Kenya. Yeah. And they're touching your blood. Blood is one of the biggest things when it comes to covenant. You, you, you don't want to play around with that. So, there are things that are made popular. I was thinking about it the other day. If you look at what television produces in terms of uh, 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 cartoons for children. You know, they, they normalize witchcraft. Monsters. Beings that have ten lives. It doesn't die, this thing. Or three heads. And wanawasheva, and they become mamelang. Desensitized. They, are, they, they accept this as normal. Such that even when they start having evil, demonic experiences, it's normal. It's my friend. He's just a monster. And they're not afraid. When I was about to I want it, I want it. But the, 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 you see, Satan never said, he's a strategist, Mamela. He, he starts you and acclimatizes you. This is why I'm saying, we must do it the opposite. We must acclimatize these kids to the power of God and to the principles of God. Yeah. We must acclimatize them to the right power and the right influence. Yes. Many people who are in homes, it becomes normal. So when people ask you, why, 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 
Because it's, it's been acclimatized. But you see, that's just how Satan infiltrates our lives. Covenants. We talked about colors yesterday. I won't go into that. Numbers. Certain materials like cloths. But let me add, unforgiveness. Big door. Big door. People don't understand how much unforgiveness becomes a door that neutralizes you. Once you walk in unforgiveness, if you read what Jesus said about it, you'll understand why. That is why God's kingdom prevails. That's why God is love, because God's kingdom functions on the principle of love. Love is more powerful than hate. Far more powerful. The kingdom of darkness is full of hate, unforgiveness, bitterness. That's why it falls so easy. But if Satan can get you to operate at his wavelength and operate in bitterness like he does, then he, he's got something going. All right. Also experiencing emotional and physical abuse. This is what we don't understand, Bazalan, how abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, and trauma become a handle that Satan uses for demonic infestation. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, but let me come to what we were talking about yesterday that got lots of people thinking. Bodily fluids. And I was talking about the sanctity of sexuality. And in the underworld, they push you to have sex with them and they take your fluids to go and cut covenants with them. And that's why the world is so crazy with sex because through sexual contact, it's not just a physical activity, it's a transmission and a bonding of spirits, souls, that gives leeway to whatever that other person is to affect your life. Whatever covenants they've cut, whatever things they've done, whatever, you become a participator of that just by virtue of sexual contact. You even have a part of them, personality, and whatever influences are on their lives coming into your life. And so you see, the world has become very crazy now and extremely explicit that today's ways of people having fun when they have alcohol is to go into these very suggestive dance moves to an extent where people are no longer afraid to engage in the act publicly in front of everybody. What is the world doing? It's desensitizing us. It's, it's normalizing something. No wonder the world has become so crazy. Because we're opening big doors for demonic infestation. And when you see the Christian community starts being angry with us, when we say sex before marriage is a sin, they say we must trend with, you know, Linako, but you read the Bible. 
throughout the Bible, one of the major things God would, would deal with is sexual deviance. Yeah. Sexual deviance. God would be up to here. To a point that when the children of Israel were moving and taking over certain places, moving, if there was a nation that had certain deviant practices, it would say, kill all of them. And it's, I mean, when you read it, you think, God, but this is, this is, this is, just wipe away everything. Because it's, it's a virus, Ellery, hike again. I was thinking about it on my way here, you know. You know, much as David did a lot, and he was a man after God's own heart. Go read it, Barcelona. After his issue with Bathsheba, his life was never the same. His family started having many problems. Many problems. Because that's an area where we must have sanctity on. But now, when Paul teaches about it, I want to show you something tonight. And I went back to my notes to go and, you know, edit here. In Ephesians chapter 6, when it tells us that we must be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Then in verse 11 it says, put on the whole armor of God so that you should be able to stand, not fall. So that you should be able to stand when Paul, in the evil day. So that when the evil day comes, you can stand. And it says, and having done all to stand, stand. The evil day is the day of attacks and trials. And so he explains why we need to be strong in the Lord. He says the reason is that we're not fighting with people. It's principalities and powers that we're not fighting with. And when it says be strong in the Lord, it's about this supernatural power that God has made available to us to deal with the unseen demonic powers that war against us. So I'll be strong. And in the Greek, that word strong is the word kratos. K-R-A-T-O-S. And the word kratos describes a power whose purpose is to infuse the believer with an excessive, excessive dose of inward strength. Be strong. You've got to be strong on the inside. That word kratos also presents the picture of some explosive power of God which is deposited in some type of a container, vessel, or other form of receptacle. Which means you and I, we are the vessels, the receptacles, the containers of the power of God. That's why the Bible says that you are a temple. You are housing the presence of God and you are housing the power of God and you are that receptacle in which dynamic explosive power is deposited so that when the evil day comes that explosive power can bring the devil down with all his kingdom so God has designed us Barcelona, to be receptacles carriers of his power carriers of his anointing not carriers of demonic powers not carriers of lust unforgiveness we are to be carriers of the power of God. We are to be receptacles of the power of God. That's what God wants us. God wants you to know more about the anointing than to know about illicit sexual conduct. 
God wants you to be filled with the power of God and full of the anointing and experience the anointing. Barcelona, the anointing is stronger than drugs. The anointing is stronger than LSD. The anointing is stronger than Nyaope. Once you get addicted on the anointing, other things pale in insignificance because when you have been addicted on the anointing, the following day, you are powerful. Once you can become like David and know that it is through the anointing that you've killed the lion and it is through the anointing that you have killed the bear. Once the giant comes, you know that Bona, I dealt with the lion, I dealt with the bear. The same anointing. Oh, am I talking to people who are here in the place? The same anointing. So he says, be strong in the Lord. But then he starts He's telling us to not try and be strong in ourselves, but to draw strength from the Lord. And he lists the pieces of armor. Now, let me connect to what I was saying yesterday. Among the pieces of armor that he mentions is the loin belt. You remember the loins? Let me show you why is that important. And I'm reading this from my notes and from the study I did from the Wiss translation and some other commentaries. Because Paul was using the Roman soldier's uh, attire and he was using that picture language. So the people in his day understood what he was talking about. This is how a Roman soldier used to wear the garments for war. They had all, they had the shield, they had the breastplate, they had the sword, they had the shin guards, and they had all of that. Now note, the loin belt, even though it was not an offensive weapon, <laughs> the belt, nor was it a weapon to protect, but it was the most important. Because the loin belt held all the other pieces of weaponry together. Oh, Jesus. That's what it did. Soldiers, the soldier's sword hung in a scabbard which was clipped on the side of the loin belt. So if you didn't have the loin belt, your sword of the spirit had no place to be to lodge. So even if the loin belt is not offensive, it doesn't attack Mara, if it's not there, the sword can be used. Now watch. The pouch that also carried the arrows rested on a small ledge that was attached to his loin belt on his backside. And then when the shield was not in use, it was hung on a special clip on the other side of the loin belt. Even the breastplate itself, in some places, was attached to the loin belt. Therefore, Manala, if a soldier did not have the loin belt, the whole armor would fall apart piece by piece. So, Mamela, Mamela. 
So you are not holy in your loins, but you are busy speaking the word. You can't because you have nowhere to rest the word and you are not told. You, you are not hearing what I'm saying. You, 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 you are not holy in your loins. So your breastplate is not in place and you expose this part of your body which have all the vital organs. Your, your heart, your liver, your spleen, all of them are here and your lungs. Everything is right here and you become vulnerable. So you are busy trying to attack the enemy, Mara, you have no breastplate. And worse, you try to use faith. Speak faith. Believe God. Ask for things. Mara, you have no belt. But I'm telling you, you see, why is Satan pushing unholiness in the loin area? Now you know why it is such a difficult sin to deal with. It's very hard. Because Jesus even elevated the discussion. He said it's not even just about doing it physically. It's even about just looking and lusting. So what's happening in that area of our lives Satan uses that. And I tell you, it's everywhere. <laughs> you know, I always laugh at well, Mama. <laughs> we always complain because summer time. You know, in winter time, everybody's covered up. <laughs> hey, come summer, how about How about And in these days, we're up again. Boom, Zimbawam. Yeah. I'm not troubling you. And it's shameful when Christians do that as well. Thank you for your quiet amen. Let's not play with each other. We know that when we expose ourselves to a certain degree, it's going to affect other people. We know. I mean, Kekupa, Kekupa, please. Mamela, Mamela, I am not here. I'm not here to prescribe how long, how short. I, I, you know, we don't do that. But I'm hoping you can have enough Holy Spirit about you to know that this attire is not appropriate. I, I hope you have enough spiritual sense. And ladies, please, you know how they appear in a certain way. We can't avoid looking. You know. Now, but what, what, is, what is our culture doing? Our culture is saying, no, it's my right. No man must tell me. It's my body. And what are we having? We're having casualties today. Casualties. They say, no, 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 it's not about my attire, it's about your lust. But we all know, Uguti, Indota, La, Matloa, Matloa Munnaa, anyhow, Arutwengmo, Maramatlo. And let's not try to be ignorant. Come on, guys, come on. Come on, don't, 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 don't try to play innocent. You know it's true. And you men, we men, we guys, you should guard yourselves. 
I'm telling you, Basala. I'm telling men, I'm telling you. Yeah, I tell you. It's the hardest because a man's a man's biggest weakness, Amantom Bazaar. But my Jesus, no, no, I'm going to preach. You can say what you like. I'm just going to preach. Say what you like. Say what you like. I mean, I was watching some of the funerals of some of the people, and when the wife spoke, one funeral, I won't even say. The wife got up and says, well, into I am going to say, after all. At a funeral. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like women have already accepted to re- That's tell the truth. Let's tell the truth. Our, our fallen nature says Musadi Oiwani is not enough. Our fallen nature I'm talking about our fallen nature. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about who you are in Christ. I'm not talking about who you are in Christ. I'm not talking about that. So it takes a lot of discipline. It's a battle. I'm telling you, it's a battle. So when I see some of the men get themselves into certain situations with women, I wonder how they handle it. I say, maybe, maybe now I'm different. I don't think I could handle that. Mm-mm. No. But some of the guys, they're, they're just, some of the guys, but, but relaxed in Carabona, maybe, 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 so you, you, don't, you don't want to temper with the vavavum. It only belongs to the person that you are married to. However, everybody. Ah, now you don't want me to preach, right? You don't want me to say anything, right? Yeah. But you see, that's why we can't operate in spiritual power. Yeah. We can't. Because people, that, I mean, it's amazing when you hear the stories in churches and this one, Robert Sibley Honor, the music group, traveling groups, and cover routine, it's worse. When people have gone to a conference, I mean, we know about some of the conferences, uh, so some of these parties, before already a done deal. And outside here, it's about Yeah. Even the songs that are being sung are so suggestive. We sing words, said some of you, Why is it that women have been so objectified today? That there are certain dances where they have to be shaking themselves so much, and only the women, what has happened to our culture? I'm telling you, Bazalana, it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. It's a door. Where Satan brings down an entire generation, I'm telling you. When we're living in a generation where it's hard to believe that someone can be sexually pure, then you know we're in trouble. Where we can't believe there's a man who can be a virgin or a woman who can be a virgin, then Ratsana Lesodom Malikomor. 
When we have come to that point when people don't believe you didn't do it. Because when, it, when you have to convince people when we have been damaged to that point that we have normalized evil and we think everybody is evil and if you young people fall into the trap of thinking that everybody is doing it let me tell you even in Sodom and Gomorrah there are those who were not doing it right in Sodom and Gomorrah the Bible says the stench of the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah made God to come down from heaven and go and God said to Abraham the stench of the evil of these people has so provoked me to come from heaven and God had to come down because there are certain things that it provokes God. That's why our generation, we will never know the move of God for as long as we are carrying on with this pop culture. Yeah. For as long as we as believers, we are allowing the world to impose its views on us because you are trying to, to, to be modern. Yeah. We are, we are trying to be accepted by the world. We are trying to be popular. We are trying to attract the world to us. You see, we are trying to, to appear to be with it. You know, how we are so bad now, you belong to the old age. You are a fundamental. You know, they have names and labels. But I'm saying, watch those people. Watch how many of them will be used by God in an excessive way. Watch how many will move in a certain level of spiritual power. Watch their family. Watch what happens in their generation. Watch what happens in their marriages. Watch what happens. Look at the fruit. Look at what happens in their lives. You tell me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that loin belt... And so Satan pushes that and neutralizes the Christian community. I couldn't believe it years ago when, when we were still at homemakers. And this pastor comes to our church and afterwards he says, I don't even know what the brother is talking about. What do you mean? Hey, the word collabus is I said to him, it depends what is your purpose as Mfundis. I won't deny, but I won't deny. Ladies, it's immaterial to what I'm doing right now. You understand? We are here to preach. But we are here to preach. And I told him, I said, forward to me, these are God's people and we need to preach the gospel and I do my best to focus and so on and I get to my It's because we tried it. You've trained your eye to look at women in a certain way. 
your mind already there's a stronghold in here. You've allowed yourself to be influenced by demonic powers. And God can use you when you do that. I'm telling you, Basalan. Telling you. Young people, don't think you'll have one foot in the world, one foot komudimu. Let nobody kosisa you. Anybody that God uses, God's going to require a certain level of commitment in terms of lifestyle. And unkulukulagaobambu He doesn't care how you feel. He's not suggesting, he's telling you. It's not the Ten Suggestions, it's the Ten Commandments. He doesn't ask you. All right. Let's continue now that Litoots. So Paul starts by saying, let Satan take advantage of us, for we're not ignorant of his devices. So let's examine these three words. Advantage, ignorant, and devices. Let's examine these three words. He says, we are not ignorant of his devices. Let's Satan take advantage. The word advantage there, it means to outwit, to trick. Or to take advantage of someone through some sinister or sneaky means. So Satan tries to outmaneuver us, trick us, and thus take advantage of us. He sets you up to sin. When you have sinned, he makes you feel guilty. And when you feel guilty, you can't resist him. Then he puts evil stuff on your life. You've been tricked. We was robbed. And then he holds you ransom in a vicious cycle of guilt. And because you feel guilty, you feel, well, I'm already guilty. I might as well add to what I've done. Second, you let it be at say two. Eric, if I let you say five, once. After all. Yeah. Already I have taken off my loin belt. I might as well go to the next one and the next one. And what he's not telling you is the more you live in that guilt, condemnation, and continuing the wrong, is the more he holds you hostage. What Satan does is to, he doesn't take hold of you fully at once. He makes you progress in stages. So you, you start out with a tender conscience that's easily pricked. So you feel bad and you, you deal with it. But, but then he makes you feel guilty. You go back, you do it second time. Second time, it doesn't hurt as much as the first time. That's why, guys, I must tell you, you know, the first look is always the innocent one. I'm talking to the guys, ladies. Ladies. Gents, gents, gents. The first look is usually because you were not intending to look that way. It's after you want to be sure if you want it or not.
How many of you have, 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 have seen this thing here? Can I add jokes? Just for laughs. Yeah, you know, when, 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 they, when they... These people are naughty. And then they bring out this lady with skimpy attire to, to, to come and... You know, it's just get to add a joke. But they'll just bring this lady just to come and pass. And there's a couple sitting there kopake. If you watch half feta, watch between the two whose eyes follow. And then watch whose elbow is going to be extended. Now when the ladies say they don't know, and you find some the poor guy who no focus. So the first look is always innocent. And this is what Satan does, Basalan. When he takes advantage. He takes advantage, he outwits us. Then it says, we are not ignorant. The word ignorance refers to a lack of certain facts. We, we need to inform ourselves about the strategies of the evil one. You see, like Redi Buaso, we are unraveling the strategies. Because that's, that's the one thing that used to frustrate me as a young Christian. Because every time I went to church, I was told, don't sin. And, and I understood. But I just didn't know how to stop doing certain things as a young Christian. I wasn't given a strategy. the second time. Oh, okay. Now I know. Do you understand what I'm saying, Bazalanaya? You see? So when it says we are not ignorant, in other words, Satan takes advantage when we lack certain facts. So we owe it to ourselves, Bazalana, to learn how he works. And when you read the Bible, you will note Satan, Satan has no creativity. That's why the epistle of John is, and all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, these three things, these are the three, the three st- strategies that Satan uses, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And now check out these three things is exactly what happened in the Garden of Eden. Eden saw, Eve saw, he lusted after it, you know, and he became self-centered, moved away from God. And those three things apply in the Garden. So Satan and anything new. That's why Bible is no weapon formed against you. Not no weapon created. When, when you create, when you create, you do what was never there. When you form, you take what was there and make an invention. Yeah. So it's, you have formed. So Satan knows how to form a weapon. And if, if you are wise, you will note that what leads to your downfall follows the same process. I'm telling you, Basalan. I'm telling you, check the repeated things that you're dealing with, these chronic sins. These areas more, you're not having victory. It starts somewhere. 
Even in the tension in relationships, there's, there's, there's a pattern. Just at that point, everything changes. And Mara, we don't learn. We still do the same thing. We, we, we still, we still, we still fall into the same trap. We lack knowledge. We don't know how it works. If you, if you watch the way churches break, we talked about it the other day. One of them, Satan stops Tabaya prayer. The next thing Satan does is to bring strife and, and, and fighting in churches. Divisions, memories, and people start having unforgiveness with each other. You know? You know? So there's disunity in the church. Before long, there's disloyalty. And it's a pattern. It's a pattern. Or people start falling into certain types of sin. Go get a game. We were taught in Bible school. This comes way back. I mean, this is what they used to tell preachers way back in the 30s, 40s. They said to us as Maruti, Maruti, you must know your downfall is three things, three Gs. The girls, the gold, and the glamour. The girls, the gold, and the glamour. And if you see Baruti who unfortunately disqualify themselves, it's either of these three things. It's nothing new. So why do we play around with the girls? Why are we not handling money, the gold, in a responsible way? Why are we not handling the glory, the issue of pride, self-pride, bigger than others? These are the three things. Throughout history, read the entire history. These are the things. And Satan handles that because he was kicked out of heaven because of the glory factor. He says, I will exalt my throne above the throne of God. He knows what pride can do. So what happens with younger ministers? They become inflated. They become proud. They think they can't learn from older guys. They think you won't keep Their chest is growing. They start lecturing to everybody. And biblically, pride goes before a fall. But here's Bishop Macheti. He's been in ministry for years and years. This man is my senior. We were talking about it, Limama. Oh, you know, we were disturbed with COVID momentum, Aaron, and we we're all back. He's been at most, if not all, these sessions since January and most of our events. He's come with Lodu Lamafats. He's never insisted or anything more. He's never asked me anything. He just came to sit. You'll not find lots of young leaders doing what this man is doing, who's been in ministry for many, many, many years. Appreciate that man of God. Really do. Really do. And I honor him. I honor him. We, we close together. We talk a lot. But you see, we are living in times when, and, and Bazalana, this has really broken me. I've seen some of the young guys who have taken over churches of senior leaders. Some of them changed the name of the church. Yeah. How about where they not even make any reference to the founder? Oh. So they team up together. Now they have a new, they adopt some spiritual fathers from Kai Kai. Now it may work for a while what you're doing, my friend. But remember, this thing is not a hundred meter sprint. It's a marathon. Ministry is a long journey. In a Yeah. 
And there are certain things you will not get away with. You may experience momentary glory and momentary victory, but there comes a day when the chicken comes home to roost. I tell you. And you see some of these young guys totally falling flat on their face and they can't rise up and they can't, they don't know why. Yeah? We need to learn that, Bazalan. Satan uses strategy. Let's not be ignorant. Let's know certain facts. But this ignorance also includes making mistakes or errors due to lack of understanding. Listen, Bazalan, this is important. We have to understand how the kingdom of darkness works. We have to understand the importance of our prayers. We have to understand why it matters for us, Bazalana, to apply ourselves in certain disciplines. People who haven't developed the discipline of praying every day and reading the Bible every day is people who don't understand why that is so important. You're not doing it to please your parents. You're not doing it to please your pastor. You're doing it for you. Yeah. You're doing it for you to build certain disciplines into your life. This word ignorant gives a picture of an unlearned person who due to a lack of knowledge is prone to arrive at mistaken conclusions. That's the ignorance. So when people are ignorant, sometimes they read a lot into situations. They easily allow themselves to misinterpret, misunderstand, and they get easily offended. Bazalana, offense is one of the biggest things ever that is a door that Satan uses. Offen- I tell you, offense. <laughs> there comes a time when you have to learn, I'm not going to be offended and I'm not going to take it personal. If the truth hits me here, I'll just take it in and deal with it. But then it says we're not ignorant of his devices. The word devices there is the word N-O-E-M-A. Noema. And it is derived from the word N-O-U-S, nose. The word nose is the word for the mind or the intellect. Watch. It says, let's take it, Satan takes advantage of us. We're not ignorant of his devices. That word describes a mind that is scheming, calculating, conniving, devious, shrewd, sly, or clever. In other words, Satan has devices. He's scheming. Scheming is their plan, you know. They plan, but then he's calculating. He's anticipating. He's already preempting the way to act down. Calculated. So they get somebody who is a good traffic lighting. Someone cuts in front of you on your way to church. <laughs> Look at your neighbor say, Marlene Sulamudi Mumara, Mara, 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 Mara. Conniving, you know, when people are conniving, and they are, they are, they are, they are agreeing how they're going to bring you down. Devious, shrewd, sly, or clever. In other words, 
This alerts us to the reality that Satan isn't just hoping to hinder us. However, he is incessantly, unstoppingly, if there's a word like that, scheming and conniving. Hararobetsi is planning. When we have our guard down, we shall be. That's why the Bible says, wake up out of your sleep. Yeah. Peter says, be vigilant. Be alert. Because your adversary, the devil, is seeking. He's walking around. He's looking. He's checking for those who are vulnerable. Almost like when the animals in the wild are hunting. When you see the lion, the lion pride going out to hunt. What they do is to try and scan through the prey. Which of their prey has an injury? Because why waste your time chasing after a healthy buffalo? And yet there's one that's limping. That if you chase it, it can only run so far. Yeah. That's what the devil is doing. Now, I'm not saying we should be afraid. I'm just saying we should, of course, depend on God's grace. But we must also do all the things that are necessary. If we just do what the Bible says, we don't have to worry about all of that. So Satan is incessantly scheming, conniving to injure, deliberately mess up our, our spiritual life, mess up our plans, mess up our health, mess up our marriages, mess up our churches, our families, our businesses. Now here's the part that it gets me. The enemy doesn't really care how he accomplishes his evil plan. He just wants to find ways to ruin whatever that person holds dear. Therefore, Bazalwan, as I close, don't shut your eyes and ignore the fact that the devil wants to bring about your downfall. By using strategies to trick you and trip you up. See, when you have an enemy who hates you this much and who wants to destroy you, you can't afford to be ignorant. So let's take heed of 2 Corinthians 2.11. Let Satan should take advantage of us for not ignorant of his devices. One translation says, so that we will not be taken advantage of by the adversary. We are quite aware of his schemes. The Bible in basic English says, so that Satan may not get the better of us, for we are not without knowledge of his designs. The Amplified Bible says to keep Satan from getting the advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his wiles and intention. Therefore, as I close, we need to allow the Holy Spirit, through the word, to teach us how to recognize the devil's operation. So that you don't fall prey to him any longer. Now, stick to the disciplines of prayer, reading the word, walking in love, being a doer of the word, but also listen to the whispers of the Holy Spirit. Remember, wars are won not on might but on strategy. 
Broadly stated, strategy is planning, coordinating. Just like a general gives direction in the military operations. There are tactics that get implemented. Strategies that are, are there. Short term, long term, medium terms. They do so in the military to move the troops. Think about this, Barcelona. If you were to spend consistently just 15 minutes every day reading God's word. Every day. Every day. See, see we, we, we are looking for, for the big war. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's, it's the daily Smolanyana plans that make for the big thing. See, 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 when you build, when you build, you put one brick at a time. You don't put a whole pile, no. You put one. But you make sure the one away bear, we bear properly because is going to affect everything else that follows. And you make sure is the right composition. So that's how you build a strong life, Barcelona. One, be disciplined in your devotions every day. Read God's word. Take time to meditate on it. Are you writing down? Read God's word consistently. Right? Practice it. Meditate on it. Think on it. Speak that word over your life. You see, our problem, we do this for one week, things are changing. No, nothing is changing. But, but you are not strategy conscious. You don't understand that wars are won on strategy, not on might. When you want the big, powerful thing, no. Read God's word, practice it. Meditate on it. Speak it over your life. Alright? So be a doer of it. Secondly, pray consistently. And if I may suggest, Bazalan, pray a lot in the spirit. Because that's a dimension that the devil doesn't know how to handle. Be a prayerful person. Rapela. Even if your body is about rapela. And Bazalan, if I may suggest, check how you are wired. Some of you, you are mourning people. Not, not mourning you to mourn, but you are, you, are, you are early risers. You are, you are, yeah, you are. So I'm more alert in the morning spiritually for me. I want to do my devotions early in the morning. In the evening, I'm, I'm all right, but I don't, I can do it, but I'm not at my optimum. So study yourself and have the discipline to go to your, to your solitary place. All right. Go away. Even if, there's a time when I can go for a room, I go high, you know? Uh, I mean, uh, we had only two bedrooms. My parents in the one bedroom, my sister's in the other bedroom. So I'd wake up early in the morning. That's why I picked up the habit of waking up early in the morning. When everybody's sleeping at four in the morning, I woke up. A habit that I've carried 
throughout my life, ever since I was 18 years old, you know? So, so I've carried that habit. I'm not always up at four, but I'm generally up early in the morning for a good part of the year. You know, there's times when you are tired, you want to put in, but I'm an early, I like doing my devotions in the morning. That's just me. So, pray in the spirit. Just pray at least, an, at least 30 minutes. It's not much, Mara. Just pray. Just pray. Don't ask for anything. Just, just pray. Just pray. Pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, now the, the third thing, because when you do that, your spirit will be in the ascendancy. All right? This will help you, Bazalana. I'm telling, I wish someone could have taught me these things when I was very young in the Lord. We, we found these things mostly. When your spirit is in the ascendancy, listen to the promptings of the spirit. You know, Bazalana, that one has done it for a long time now. Sometimes I am shocked at the things that the Holy Spirit shows me. Not big things. Then let me give you an example. How do I make mistakes? Now you're not always at your optimum. But there's times when you, you, you have to go, but there's this thing that you must bring along. Maybe an extra key for post box or just something that's not the normal. Now this is what I've learned. The minute I remember, I go and take that thing, and any time I didn't do that, I forgot that thing. Or, I'll give you an example, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Sometimes I have an impression, maybe to just take an extra bag, and I know I'm not going to go to any shop. I know I'm not going to buy anything. Mara, there's just this impression, so I've learned now to take it. And then, all of a sudden, during the day, some issue crops up where I just have to go and buy something. And then I know, okay. That's why. <laughs> I used to, I remember listening to Kenneth Hagin, and in the early days when I listened to him, I didn't understand him. He said, you know, the Holy Spirit will lead you even in the most minute details of life. You know, I never, it never, I never understood that it can go so far as shop begging. I mean, that's not a life and death issue. It's not a destiny issue. But the Holy Spirit goes that far. I remember the one time, you know, we, 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 it was during winter time and we had made a fire and I, you know, cleared the fire and, you know, get to Lutzimulor. And it wasn't obvious who Rumulora owner was, was, yeah, it was still hot. It wasn't obvious. It wasn't. It was like it's fine. So, then I'm, I'm, I'm actually driving to church. And all of a sudden, I got this alert. Just a thought that said, go and check. Does be inequal. It wasn't a voice. But let me tell you the, the, the criticalness of it. Because my spirit was not obstructed. Do you understand? Because there was no interruption in your signal. See, see, when you spend time in the presence of God and in prayer and in, in whatever, 
the signal becomes clear. And one of the things I found out, when you sin, the signal becomes very dim. The worst thing about sin is to numb you and make you dull to the signal of heaven. So even if the signal is not is being sent, you can't pick up. Because you are cluttered. Sin clutters your spirit. And I remember I turned. When I came back, Bazalanakohai, this thing had already, the fire had started. Even now, there's a, you can see Modikap and Kodimu. There's somewhere more they were starting to burn somewhere. Or there was soot, rather, smoke. And you could see this thing was going to go up. Small thing like that. I mean, you know, it, it, but Pesalana is freely available to everybody here. It's not, it's not because I'm a bishop or a pastor, no. It's the same things that the decisions we've made more get again. To go to the stadium, to start the service, to start the January prayer. All these things, was alone. it was just things like that. There was no, Gabriel didn't come. I'm sent from heaven with a message of good tidings. There was nothing like that. It was just sometimes when you are unconsciously led by the Spirit. Just unconsciously led by the Spirit. When you do that, then Satan can't take advantage of you. Can't take advantage of you. Never. Why? Because Hopolang, the Holy Spirit, knows everything. Even what Satan is planning. Knows everything. Doesn't have good intentions, Kawen. Because these days, but about poison. Don't, 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 don't go and be with those friends. Go away. Tama, rest. Stop. Go. And you find all the schemes that are being cut. God is just blocking you, blocking, 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 and you're not taking advantage of. But even better, number four, then the Holy Spirit will lead you into a time of prayer where you pray for things that prevent crisis. And when the Holy Spirit wakes you up to pray or, or somebody's name is in your mind. You can't stop thinking. Their name keeps rolling and rolling in your mind and you can tell something is not right. And you get into a time of prayer. Or sometimes you don't know why the Spirit is leading you to pray. You don't know why you have the Spirit of prayer. You, you don't know what it's about. But because you have learned, you are not ignorant. You have learned. You yield to the Holy Spirit. You, you give expression to the promptings of the Spirit. And then a few days later, and the Spirit says, that's what you're praying about. You say, oh, that's what I was praying about. I didn't know. And it has stopped danger from happening. Am, am I talking to people in the house? It has, it has blocked something. I, I see you walking in the fullness of what God has in store for you. Hallelujah. We're not ignorant. We're not ignorant of his devices. 
No longer is going to take advantage of us. No longer is he going to have advantage and mastery over us. Because God is helping us. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So let's revise. What's number one? Number one? Read the word. Oh, wow, class, class, class. How? Number one? Read the word. In fact, I should say study the word. I think study the word. Study the word. And on that, I did make certain points. On that, study the word. Get number one. So you study the word. Where, what do you do? Huh? Meditate on the word. Practice the word or act. Put it into action. Act on the word. And then speak the word. Right? So that has to do with the word. All right? So, so your devotions, your private time, that's what you do. Yeah. Hey, 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 you know, I'm sorry to have to do this again and again. If you young people can learn this, let me show you this. This is what I saw when I was reading. You know, when you look at Job, when you look at Job, when Satan wants to attack him, he says to God, you've built a hedge around this guy. When you, when you read the verses before, on a daily basis, on a daily basis, on a daily basis, Job would pray and give offerings to God. So here's the picture I got when I was thinking on that. It's like, when the devil says you've built a hedge, it's like it's a palisado, it's a protective wall. So the wall is high. So meaning every day as Job Arapella, he's putting one brick, one brick, one brick, one brick, and the wall keeps on going and going and going. So, so young people, imagine starting on only 10. Ah, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Reading the word, meditating the word, speaking the word, following the Holy Spirit. You are building this thing, and you are building these walls in every area of your life. You are building it around your health. You are building it around your career. You are building it around your spirituality. Ah, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Eh? Uh, you, you're building it around God, divine protection. You are, you're building. So, every area, ne? in a, in a list of nonsense, so every area, it's, it's just protest that building. Now, but by the time you get to a certain age, yeah. but by the time you get to a certain age, People don't understand when Totsahahu disobeyed Samara. They don't, they don't realize that's not when it started. It started, oh, come on now, every day. You, you woke up in winter time, Hubata, and you went, you went to the solitary place and you knelt before God. You came to the January prayer and you stayed the whole week here. You were writing down notes, you were taking down notes. You came for the prayer. You came for July, where there's, there's the Bible study. You came, you came in December when we did the prayer. When we called young people to pray for them, you came to the front. We prayed for you. And, 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 and we spoke the word over you. You are, you are building. You are taking everything. Oh, ah, 
akamo akamole o akamole o akamole o akamole when others are busy bona ba ba tsorana le bo maisusu ba hakane ko dikhoneng ba etsang thotse fani wena you are building 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 You wonder why it looks like certain people's lives nothing ever goes wrong. You wonder why it looks like certain people's journeys bona every time they have a good report to give. You wonder why it looks like bona mudimo aba favor no mudimo aba favor ne. These are people who understood wars are won on strategy. They proactively put a plan in place and every day they did one piece of the plan one piece of the plan one piece of the plan one day became weeks weeks became months months became years years became decades and and and, and when they got to a certain age they were already operating at another level i see you operating at another level I pray to God that the young people in this church will listen. You learn, you'll practice. You've developed self-control. You've lived in a holy life. Your body is a receptacle. A vessel of the power of God. You've known the anointing ever since you were young. And as you grow and as you get older the anointing fills you more you start learning more about the power of God than the power of lust you are learning more about the world of the spirit than you know how to hear the voice of God you understand the voice of God you are growing in authority you are growing in power you are powerful you are doing damage to the kingdom of darkness i see you walking in that anointing how you bring down the kingdom of satan don't you have our children be stooped in filth and be so advanced in doing evil that we can't recognize who they are oh god raise a generation that is different oh god raise a generation of the elishas that will bring down the jezebels in the name of the lord jesus somebody give the lord a shout at this us Let's stand on our feet tonight. Let's stand on our feet tonight. I'm sorry we'll 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 spend more time in prayer tomorrow. We've exhausted that time together. Tonight's word has been a a heavy word. A destiny shaping word. Tonight has been a word that can save a generation. If the generation will listen. Let me prophesy. I see a generation. A generation whose heart is a heart after God. Because when evil becomes more in the world, 
The grace of God increases in increasing measures. And when it seems like the kingdom of darkness is winning, God always has people like Moses who are hidden. They are being nurtured, groomed, quietly, silently. But they are a dangerous species. At the height of the problems in our nation, and in the era when evil powers are being paraded around, it's in the same era that God is stirring the hearts of the young to whom the word tonight came like the sword of the Spirit that God lodged in their hearts and stirred them to the very core. And it provoked a desire and a passion in them to be all that God wants them to be. Just like Moses was hidden, you're hidden. And the time for your being revealed is not yet. But right in the secret place, in the solitary space, in the hidden place, God is taking you into his school of spirituality. Your ear has become a different ear that hears. Not like before when your ear was fuzzy. Now you hear what the Spirit is saying and it is not just in the words. But it's like those words become alive in your spirit and they become an impartation on the inside of you. And what you hear wakes you up in the middle of the night. And you can hear the voice of God speak to you. And you hear your heart yearn for God like never before. I hear the Spirit say, Will you allow me, says the Lord, to work in your life? Will you be the Josiah of this era? Will you be the Joseph? Will you be the David? Will you be the Elisha? Will you have enough determination in you not to worry what your friends think about you? Will you have enough courage and guts to come out from those who are trying to take you in the wrong path? Will you allow my spirit, says the Lord, to work in you and to work through you? Will you allow yourself to be immersed in the things of God to a point that the people will never recognize who you are anymore. Because there's a glory that will be on you and a power that will rest on you. But remember, you are still in hiding. The time will not be yet. For I hear the Lord say, I'm preparing a generation. A generation that will turn the world around. As the world becomes more evil, 
And as the world is drifting into an evil path, I'm preparing my soldiers. And I have to prepare them on a level where they will be able to match the evil that will be so exaggerated. But I hear the Lord say, don't be afraid. For the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I hear the Spirit say, don't look at who you are in the natural. Your strength doesn't come from you. Your strength comes from the Lord. That's why the word declares, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I hear the Lord say, as I have worked in this country over the decades and have picked up certain generations and in a certain era, I was working in a special way. Even now, says the Lord, I'm doing the same. I'm pouring out my spirit and I'm picking up a generation, anointing a generation, not only in this place, but all over this nation and all over the world. And it's a generation that is going to rise up. And I hear the Lord say, will you be a part of it? Will you be a part of it? And Father, tonight, even those of us who may not be young in age, we want to be part of what you are going to do. We raise our hands in surrender. We raise our hands to say, here am I. Send me. But before you send us, you want to mold us, you want to shape us, you want to teach us, you want to empower us, you want to strengthen us. Thank you, God, for showing us the strategy and that we don't leave this place being ignorant. We know how to operate our weapons now. We're getting into booth camp. We're getting into military training. We're readying ourselves. For the destiny of our generation lies in our hands. We will not leave this world, God, before we impact this generation by your will. So grant us the grace. Give us the grace of time. Give us the grace of ability. Help us not to be distracted. Save us from spirits that will try to divide us. We pray tonight in the name of Jesus. Let this mantle of this assignment rest upon all of us. All of us who are watching. All of us who are streaming. All of us who have logged on on social media, even those who will watch this sermon, even after this time, let this anointing, this mental God, let it cross seas, let it go over oceans. Let this anointing go across timelines, let it cross and go over generations. Let this anointing rest upon a multi-generational people. Let this anointing go into all churches, mainline churches, Pentecostal churches, charismatic churches. Let this anointing go even into the taverns. Let this anointing go even among the ungodly. Those who are far from you, turn the hearts of the people. Turn them to you, O oh God. 
For thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. Thine is the glory. Forever and forever. In Jesus name. The Lord bless you. The Lord make his face shine towards you. The Lord grant you peace. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you. We bless you. In Jesus name we pray. And everybody said